morning, everyone. My name's John. It's a great pleasure and privilege for Valerie and I to be here today at Isaac's induction into pastoral ministry and especially for me to have been asked to preach. As a past president of Queensland Baptists, let me on the behalf of the family of Baptists throughout the state, though I don't live in this state anymore but I think I can still do it, let me congratulate Isaac on his appointment. Let me assure you of the prayers of the family of Baptists. Having a week of prayer, haven't you? I still keep in touch. I get the GSUD, as it's called, from the General Superintendent, Reverend Dr. David Loder, and he knows I'm here today. And he and quite a few of the other Union heavies, can I call them, are up in the north of the state at this time, probably as a part of the um, prayer time, you know, the prayer week or whatever it was. And uh, he said, this will be a special time for you, John. And so on behalf of him and Queensland Baptists, I... As I said, congratulate David, uh, (laughs) Isaac, I'm getting everything mixed up today, on his appointment and I assure him of the prayers of God's people all over this state. Now you folk here at North Pine Baptist Church are truly privileged in our view to have Isaac as a member of your pastoral team. He, of course, and of course all of you here, will remain in our prayers daily, make no mistake about that, as we call on our great God to bless the ministry that goes forth from this place. And I am so glad that he will be serving with Dale who is a relation of mine. His grandmother, Patricia, or Pat, is my cousin. Pat's father, Jack, and my father, Sam, were brothers. Some of you older ones may remember my father, the Reverend Sam Lane. Now, we've known Isaac since he was born and often looked after him and his brothers when we lived at Dungog in New South Wales and I was the pastor of the Baptist Church there back in the last century was it? (laughs) Isaac's family lived on a dairy farm not far out of town And many happy hours we enjoyed with the whole family, with David and Chris and Caleb, 
Jordan, Isaac, Jeshua. I think you me might have come along a bit later. Uh, yes, that's right, I think so. After around six years, we left Dungog, but have kept in touch with the Milburn family over the years. Now, let me tell you a story about Isaac and his younger years. I'll tell you another story near the end of the message. I try not to embarrass you, Isaac. It was the very last day of the old millennium and Isaac was about five years old. His grandmother Vera had passed away that morning after a battle with cancer. Vera was a lovely lady. She meant so much to Valerie in those years. They worked together in KYB. I knew that David, Isaac's dad, who's of course here today, would want to get the milking over quickly that morning so that he and his sister Diane could start funeral arrangements. So I rang David asking, can I come and help you? He said yes. So out to the farm I went and was given the job of hosing out the milk vat. When I finished that, David said, could you go and feed the calves? You'll find the grain in that shed over there. I started that job, riding the quad bike. Suddenly Isaac stuck his head out the door and called out, Pastor, do you know what you're doing? I answered, I think so. He said, I'll come out soon and help you. By that time I had finished feeding one lot of cards calves I mean and had started with a second lot I went to the same barn to get the grain and Isaac who is now on the quad bike with me said no pastor you're supposed to feed this lot of calves with grain from that other shed I answered well your dad didn't say that We'd better go and ask him. We went down to the dairy and David said, Yes, Isaac's right. You do get the grain for those calves from the other shed. So off we went to the other shed. Isaac was now operating the quad bike with a little help from me because his hand wasn't quite big enough to squeeze the accelerator handle. The lad knew and I should have listened to him. I commend him to you as one who knows what he's talking about. The passage of scripture Isaac gave me to preach from is from 1 Timothy 6, 11 to 16. It is Paul's final exhortation to Timothy in this first letter. Paul knows that his earthly ministry is coming near its end. He points this out in 2 Timothy 4.6 For I am ready, already rather on the point of being sacrificed, the time of my departure has come. He is passing on the baton of ministry to others, including Timothy and Titus. We call his letters to Timothy and Titus the pastoral epistles or letters 
and in them we find five faithful sayings which these men are to pass on to the new generation of Christians in order to keep the church on the right track. The first faithful saying is, and how we need to share it today, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. I have entitled this message Instruction for a Man of God because Paul says in verse 6 of 1 Timothy 6 But as for you, man of God, flee these things, flee from them as Joseph in Egypt fled from Potiphar's wife when she wanted him to sin with her. He fled and got out of the house. Genesis 39.12 So are we to do. The things Paul is referring to from which we are to flee are found in verses 3 to 10. So we make the point there are things from which we are to flee. I say we because although this exhortation applies primarily to Timothy as a minister, it applies secondarily to all Christians, for we are all born of God, flee these things. What things? First of all, false teaching. Paul says from verse 3, if anyone teaches otherwise, that is from what Paul has just said about widows, elders and servants and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching with accords with godliness he is puffed up with conceit he knows nothing he has a morbid craving for controversy and for disputes about words which produce envy dissension slander, base suspicions and wrangling among men who are depraved in mind and bereft of the truth imagining that godliness is a means of gain. False teaching abounds today. We are to flee from it. I don't have the time to go into the different kinds of false teaching simply to say that we must stay with what the Bible says and not get carried away with what man says. To the teaching and to the testimony, says Isaiah. Don't just take the television preacher's word for it about, say, prosperity doctrine or the health and wealth gospel, as it's sometimes called. Go to the word and see what it says and hold to that it is what God has said Paul is talking here in the context of the love of money which is he says the root of all evils verse 10 not money in itself but the love of it God does entrust some Christians with money but they are always to be stewards of it and to carry out their stewardship wisely 
and use their money to do good, not to feather their own nest. It is God's money, not ours. From the love of money we are to flee. He speaks also of contentment. There is great gain in godliness with contentment. For we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of the world. As someone has said, you don't see a U-Haul trailer following a hearse. But if we have food and clothing, with these we shall be content. Verses 6 to 8. Again, these words apply to us all. Flee from discontent and be glad for what God has given us. Be thankful for the circumstances in which he has placed us and use all good gifts for his glory. Some of you older people here may recall the Reverend Frank Stone. Anybody who remembers the Reverend Frank Stone? General Secretary and later the first General Superintendent of the Baptist Union of Queensland. I remember his coming to our Baptist College when I was a student there, now called Malian College, and talking about a trend he had noticed among Baptist pastors. Some of them wanted, he said, the best house, best car. Rather, he said, pastors are to be examples to the flock in the matter of worldly goods and stewardship of them as well as in all other areas. I mentioned before my father, the Reverend Sam Lane. If ever there was one who was content with what God had given him, it was he. He never owned a house. He and my mother lived in our house at Bald Hills for 17 years after he had retired from the active ministry. When they had both gone to glory, what they had was divided up between us five offspring and I think we all got about, I thought it was $550. Talking to Graham and Janelle, it seems it might have been more like $350. That was all. But the spiritual capital from their lives can never be reckoned up. The lives of many people were blessed. Souls were brought into the kingdom of God. Money, though sparse, was liberally given, even in their retirement years, to Christian causes, especially to those whose aim was to get the gospel out into the ends of the earth. Yes, there are things from which we are to flee. Then, too, there are things for which we are to aim. Verse 11, but as for you men of God, aim at righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Let's think of these in turn. Righteousness in our daily living, 
comes from that free gift of righteousness which is of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Never move away from that. We are saved by grace through faith. That is the saving message. There is no other. May the Lord use you mightily, Isaac, in getting that message out. And church, get behind your pastoral team in prayer and encouragement to make Christ known to this district. Aim at that. Godliness. Aim at that. Allowing the life of Christ to shine through us in this needy world, how that is needed today. People who are consistent in living out what they believe. A holy life. Aim at faith. A dependence on God that will not be shaken. A reliance on him that will see us pass safely through all the difficulties that stand in our way as his servants. The disciples said to the Lord, increase our faith. Love, aim at that, because without that we are like noisy gongs and clanging cymbals. No matter what ministry gifts we may have been entrusted with. Steadfastness. What better word to say here than that of Paul elsewhere. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your, na- your labour is not in vain. Isn't that wonderful? Your labour in the Lord is not in vain. Sunday school teachers don't get discouraged. Keep on. It won't be in vain. What you do for him is done for eternity. What a privilege to be engaged in his service. Fellow labourers with God. Fellow servants for God. There is no greater calling Gentleness, aim at that. Again, Paul's word here elsewhere is so needful to follow and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome but kindly to everyone, an apt teacher for bearing, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant that they will repent and come to know the truth and they may escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Oh yes, aim at all those great virtues in the work of the ministry. Paul goes on here, fight the good fight of the faith. We're engaged in spiritual warfare and must put on the armour that God provides. Often read Ephesians 6 in that respect. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made the good good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Eternal life becomes ours the moment we place our faith in Jesus Christ. John in his first letter says, and this is the testimony, that God gave us eternal life and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who has not the Son of God has not life. Now, when Paul tells Timothy here to lay hold of eternal life, he is referring to the goal 
of the fight, the finishing tape of the race, the garland of victory of which the winner takes hold. The times in which Paul lived were familiar with national games being held, such as the Isthmian Games in Corinth. Hence the references he makes to striving for the mastery. Oh, friends, let us set our eyes on the goal as we serve Christ down here. The time of his return is surely near as we look around us in our world today. Paul reminds Timothy of this when he says, I charge you to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 14, we echo with the Apostle John, even so, come Lord Jesus. Our great Lord and Saviour made the good confession in his testimony before Pontius Pilate. He went to the cross for you and for me. He laid down his life as our substitute. The work he did there was perfect. He accomplished our salvation in full. It was a finished work. Have you taken hold of that salvation, friend, by placing your faith in him? The call to us is to repent and to place our full trust in him in obedience to the Holy Spirit's call. I trust that today someone here will make their peace with God through Christ. Now Timothy, Isaac and all of us are to make the same confession that he made before a watching world. We serve a risen Saviour who is at work in this world today by his Holy Spirit. What a privilege it is to love and serve him. Yes, it's getting harder to be a Christian in Australia today. Persecution is gathering strength to hold to biblical values such as marriage only between a man and a woman is becoming costly as Margaret Court has found. May the Lord bless her for her stand. Let us all be equal to the challenge and stand firm for him holding to the teaching of his word. That is the call. May we answer it with faith courage and commitment Isaac you will not always find the ministry easy take that from an old stager hardships will come there's no doubt of that but he who called you into his service will strengthen and sustain you here's the next story don't get embarrassed. I remember one day when you were a very little boy, probably no older than two. I was out at the dairy speaking with your father. It was almost milking time. You had not long before come down to the dairy and you lay down on the step leading into the carousel and went to sleep. You remember that, David? Never forget it, I'm sure. Suddenly the cows arrived. David looked on with horror. There was no way that he could get to you in time to rescue you. The cows just stepped over you. Front legs and hind legs, the whole lot of them. How many did you have back then, 80 or so? 
you hear about that? They just stepped over you and you came to no harm. I marvelled at the sight. Many cows, there seemed no end to them, stepping over the sleeping boy. Isaac, there will be times in the ministry when things will seem to be coming down on top of you from a great height. It's a cow of an experience. (laughs) But God is faithful and he will keep you during such times. Look to him. Be no stranger at the mercy seat of prayer. Lay hold of him daily and immerse yourself in his word. Rest in the Lord at all times as you as you rested on that step that day. May each one of us resolve to uphold Isaac in prayer every day with all the pastoral team and may the Lord do a mighty work both in you and through you. How better to conclude this message than by quoting the last two verses of our passage. This the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, will be made manifest at the proper time by the blessed and only Sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no man has ever seen or can see. To him be honour and eternal dominion. Amen. Oh, friends, how great is our God. Let us lose ourselves in his greatness and may he be magnified in and through our lives. May Christ shine through us and may the Holy Spirit use us as his instruments in the salvation of souls and in the building up of his church. Jesus said, I will build my church What a promise. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What an assurance. Let us stand on that victory ground and faithfully serve our all-glorious Saviour, Lord and King. Amen. And Amen. Perhaps if we all just bow in prayer, just respond to the Lord in whatever way he's spoken to you today. In quietness, quiet prayer, just respond to him. And I'll just say a brief few words after that. Thank you for your wondrous word. Speak to our hearts through it. Use us mightily. We pray for Duncan, Dale, Isaac, all the elders, all the folk here. Use them mightily in these coming days. In Jesus' name, Amen.